Y'all ready for this? Hey, my first grade talent show dance was to that song. It's kind of a good song. It's a good song. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. I'm <laughs> what's wrong with you? you're in such a good mood i'm sydney goodman <laughs> i'm kate franklin and oh we didn't do this in the last episode did we this is a show where we explore no, we our did. internet curiosities oh. we didn't say that that's what this show is people are gonna be like what am i listening to what is this about um what's up thanks for being here that's it okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the intro um i'll start hey now you're the all start get your key have you seen the video? It's like, well, they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop. And yeah. it's just from in infinity. Uh-huh. Have you heard the slow down version that actually makes it into like a really cool song? No. I'll play it for you after. Um, I It makes me think of Shrek. Is it in Shrek? No. But really? they have a song in Shrek, right? They definitely do. So my dad... <laughs> Shrek is like such a specific vibe of the oh, early... Oh, yeah. Well, so my dad will go to his grave. He This is his favorite party topic. Is he'll be like, you know, like usually sequels aren't as good as the original. But Shrek 2, I would say, is a sequel that is better than the original. Is that true? My dad is a passionate advocate for shrek 2 i do think it he's correct it is better than the original but i it is amusing how he like is a shrek 2 stan is not even ironically is shrek 2 better because of antonio Banderas? oh is that why uh i think it's just funnier and like it's i like the plot more i guess i don't know but shrek 1 is like also very good i think shrek is good one and two I don't know that I need the entire like multiverse that they've created for it, but I don't know if I would go to bat for Shrek. I feel like I would let it. I feel like it's creepy to me for some reason. I feel like it's become a meme. And so people think they're not supposed to like it, but it, it's actually like Nickelback, but it's actually good. Like it's like the whole thing too was Jeffrey Katzenberg leaving Disney, starting DreamWorks. And so the whole Shrek is like a big F you to Disney. Okay. Do you remember when Shrek came out and we had green ketchup? No, but I do remember they had like a ton of marketing stuff like that. Green ketchup where? Like Heinz sold it. It was green How ketchup. How they make it green? Food coloring. I mean, obviously, but you'd have to neutralize the red. I mean, ketchup isn't probably put- real. <laughs> it's not a real substance. No, but there has to be tomato and tomato is red. Yeah, it was this. Okay, I do remember that. And we had it. I remember we got it and we had it in our fridge for like literally like 10 years. 10 years. But that's also a, a thing with my mom is like sometimes I'll g- go to the house and I'll like open something and I'm like this expired in 2009. She's like it's still good. <laughs> <laughs> you're whenever I think of your mom and your house, I think of her peach jam. Oh, it slaps. It's her so apricot good. jam. Apricot apricot jam. It slaps. Right. So yeah, good. she makes it from scratch. Yeah, I know. The, the most beautiful summer have i already talked about this on this podcast we had an apricot tree in my backyard not familiar okay we had an apricot tree in our backyard and it only blossomed or got fruit one time i think it was like once a year i was like that's because like things are seasonal that's like normal (laughs) life cycle no it did it one time and it was like insanity like it would not stop producing fruit and we were all extremely stressed out about the (laughs) amount of apricots that were coming out of our house Mm -hmm. and i used to just go out there and just like eat like 20 and then throw up (laughs) (laughs) but it was like one of (laughs) i am like picturing that being like a a moment in a, a movie to characterize like the little sister and that she just like goes out to the apricot tree every day and eats as many as she can and then throws up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it did feel a little bit like storybook-esque. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. it was like very beautiful and it was amazing apricots. That's what started my mom's. She got so stressed out for the apricots. She just started making jam and it turned our kitchen into like this laboratory that was always really stressful and she was always boiling stuff. 
I feel like it's only stressful because it's hard to clean up. Yeah. Because I try to make my own jam. Um, It's so good. I'll do like a strawberry with vanilla bean. Yum. And I actually, I made a peach jam. That's what I was thinking of. Oh. Canned in my, I don't know how long canned jam lasts if you haven't. I haven't broken the seal, but I made it last year because we did one of those farmers, like farmer CSA boxes, which are those boxes where you support local farmers and they send like a portion of what I was gonna say what they caught of of what they grew to you Mm -hmm. um and we got so many peaches and they were so good but they were going bad so quickly and so I was like oh I'll just make jam oh that's nice jamming I do no domestic activities and I feel like I should start do you cook no Caleb what do you eat cooking oh Caleb cooks yeah I don't know why Caleb doesn't strike me actually he strikes me as somebody who would be like a food critic Oh, he's the most bougie person with food. Yeah, I could see it. Like, he, like, knows the different types of caviar. Oh, big time. He's such a little bitch about food. I got a cheese from Trader Joe's, and he was like, sorry. Like, he wouldn't eat it. And it wasn't <gasps> even Trader Joe's brand. He was just like, I don't, like, I just can t- taste that it's from Trader Joe's. And I, I was feel like, like Trader Joe's bitch. has good cheese. They do. Where does he get his cheese? A cheesemonger? No, we have this like bougie cheese place by our house that he goes to. But his dad was a producer for the cooking channel. And he's an amazing chef. So like, and I don't know. I, on the other hand, no, I like good food. I have to say. Anyways, um, I have no segue <laughs> into this next thing, but. Here, wait, s- tell me your topic and I'll come up with a segue. Okay. The science of ghosts. You know, people say that when Caleb's dad, unfortunately, I don't want to put this on his dad, <laughs> they unfortunately passes away due to old age after living a really full and blessed life that he'll come back as a ghost. What was the rest of your topic? The science of it. He'll come back as a ghost and then Caleb will devote the rest of his career to becoming a scientist and becoming a science of the ghosts yeah and i think you're there i think you're there so Choo-choo, we've arrived this week i was wondering is there any way to possibly scientifically prove that ghosts are real this is interesting okay is there no no <laughs> um but but then i was like wait like what about on ghost hunters and they have the like i was just gonna ask about that um like the frequency fake news <gasps> really yeah so um we'll get into that in a second but uh will we i didn't i don't think ever. basically it's like it's those machines are like picking up like random shit interesting wait so like huh like um i wonder who came up with that like how did we know that ghosts well obviously we don't but who said that ghosts would give off a certain frequency I don't know. Yeah, who ha- who had the thought that was that like, was yep, a thing? That's, that's it. That's what it is. So I didn't look that up. I just was like, is there any way that science would prove that they're real? Yeah, and um, no, the answer is no. No. Oh. Well, I don't know. It's like, do you believe in ghosts? Me, absolutely. That. You do. Hundred percent. Why? Because I think I've seen ghosts before. <laughs> really? When? Yeah, twice. Um, my parents' house. Really? Yeah. Um, and it, looking back on it, like one instance could have been sleep paralysis, but the other, I don't think it was. And so it was like, it was my senior year of high school and I, it would happen at night and the way that I apparently, I didn't realize this was weird, but my whole family, we sleep with our doors open. Yeah, you do. I remember sleeping over at your house one time and you do and it scared me. I didn't know that that was like real. It scares me to close them now because I feel like when it's open, I like have full like knowledge of what's going on outside of my room. Yeah, that's real. Where when it's closed, I feel like it's like I wouldn't be able to hear if somebody broke in or something. That's true. I That's not why my, I think my parents just like, weren't into closing doors but okay i remember that because i remember i spent the night at your house one time and then i like 
walked past your parents room and i like saw that they were asleep and i was like (laughs) it just like felt weird to see them asleep yeah i don't know we never like most parents you'll never see them asleep and i saw your parents oh no they were that's so interesting (laughs) no that we all slept with our doors open but so knowing that the way that my room was situated was my bed was in front of my door so Mm -hmm. i could see out of my door and then there was another doorway because there was a bedroom across the hall from mine and so one time i saw somebody and it was like it seemed like it was like a like i don't know historical fashion century like era as well enough but she was wearing like a big like hoop skirt and had like a bonnet and she was standing in the in the doorway and i remember i just like she wasn't like menacing but i was just like dude you're not fucking supposed to be here like please leave like i asked her to leave and then i was like in the name of jesus christ leave me alone (laughs) and then she left um and so that was one time okay you were definitely dreaming no i swear to god i wasn't I I swear I was not because I am extremely in tune with my dreams. Like I would say I lucid dream. Okay. And like, like I am so aware when I'm dreaming and like, I was absolutely not dreaming. And then the second time was actually, this was the first time because that's how I knew to say like the Jesus Christ thing (laughs) because I was so freaked out the first time. And this is the time that I think might've been sweet sleep paralysis though, was I was laying down and I woke up and there was, something in i'm like getting freaked out talking about it um there's something in my doorway but they it was more of it wasn't like a person it was more of like a a spirit like it i could feel the energy but i couldn't like it was just like dark Mm -hmm. and i it moved towards me and it went to the and it moved really fast and it moved from my um, doorway to like the corner of my bed. And I couldn't speak while it was moving. But when it stopped, I looked at it and like told it to not attack me. <laughs> and But the reason why I think it was sleep paralysis was because I want to say I wanted, there was part of me that wanted to like throw my covers off and run. And I felt like I couldn't which is being paralyzed and yeah is probably sleep paralysis okay so yeah but besides those two what i feel were may or may not have been encounters honestly if we're being honest i hope they weren't and it was all just a dream and i'm like like hopefully but i just feel like i believe in the spiritual realm and so while i don't think it's necessarily i don't know that it's like i don't know very much about ghost lore so not that i think that it's like necessarily ghosts as pertains to like our understanding of it i do believe in spirits and i absolutely believe that spirits can come visit you okay so you're, you're gonna be mad at this whole topic why because <laughs> it's basically just like reasons why ghosts aren't real or th- shall we say theories okay no i'm open to it okay well really quickly wait um, so do you so you don't think ghosts are real no. but i don't like I don't want to say this definitively, but I kind of don't have a sense of like a spiritual, like I don't like. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't imagine it. It's hard for me to like actually believe I thought we had a spiritual experience one time. Did we? Yeah, I was at Rock Harbor. Remember how we befriended those like three random women? Yeah, and I run into one of them all the time at this cafe. You told, yes, yes, that's right. Um... Yeah, I thought sometimes though I like don't know if that's like group like group mentality and like vibes. Do you oh, know what I mean? That's kind of how I usually interpret it now. How fascinating cuz I I definitively would say I had a spiritual experience. And I know that it was like individual like independent of anybody else being there. Oh. But I also think I'm an extremely spiritual person. Yeah. And like in tune with that. I it's so weird because I like feel like I want to be a spiritual person, but like I literally like can't like comprehend. Like my brain is like I don't. I think it's okay not to be though. Like, I don't think everybody that. has to have the same strengths. I just really, I really believe in the unconscious. Like that's, I feel like my spirituality is like the mm. unconscious, which maybe is like other people's. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, I believe in that too. But maybe I'm just like I mean, we know I'm gullible as shit, so <laughs> I don't know who can say. 
Um, so Sydney, in 2017, a survey by Chapman University. Yes. Oh, that's our hometown. Found that 52% of Americans believe places can be haunted by spirits, mm -hmm. which is an increase of 11% from 2015. What happened? I don't what? know. I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a segue. No. Uh, and then the UK, the UK also had a survey, also 52%. Interesting. How fascinating. So. Do you think they faked the numbers? Do you think the ghosts rigged it? Maybe. Who can say? Um, so here's some logical explanations of what you think a ghost is, but it actually might be. Okay. One of them is electromagnetic fields. So this Canadian neuroscientist named Michael Persinger was studying the effects of electromagnetic fields on people's perception of ghosts, hypothesizing that pulsed magnetic fields imperceptible on a conscious level can make people feel as if there's a presence in the room with them by causing unusual activity patterns in the brain's lobes. Oh, fascinating. Um, so he studied people in his lab wearing a so-called quote, God helmet, which I don't know what that means. Um, but he found that certain patterns of weak magnetic fields held over someone's head for 15 to 30 minutes can create the perception that there's an invisible presence in the room. Hmm. Um, some people have pushed back on this theory, but he's like, I really believe this. He's like, and no, like, he, he's pushing back. Um, and also other scientists have found that environments, uh, that have a reputation for being haunted feature unusual magnetic fields. But is it the ghosts that cause that? Yeah. Who can I don't know. Do they do anything? I mean, I don't think so. I think it's the magnetic field, but okay. I'm not a believer in that um another thing is called infrasound and infrasound is a sound at levels so low humans can't hear it but other animals like elephants can mm -hmm. so low frequency vibrations can cause distinct physiological discomfort um like the effects of wind turbines and traffic noises near res residents have found that low frequency noise can cause disorientation how interesting i think it's so fascinating how us as humans it's like we think the earth and the world is so human centric. I'm guilty of this as well um, because that's all that we can experience. But there's so much like even just like if you think of light and what we're able like capable of seeing and that there's what we are capable of seeing. There's more that we can't see than what we can. Yeah, I know. It's so wild. Because you ever look at your cats and like they're looking at something and you're like, I have no idea what you're looking yeah. at. Yeah, It's so freaky to me. Maybe they can see spirits. I mean, there are people who think that. My um, parents' cat witnessed a murder. I feel like I've talked about this before. And many people say we should get a cat medium <laughs> to find out what happened. <laughs> oh, how fascinating. Which there's I kind cat of medium. Yeah, there's like animal mediums. Huh. Do you believe in that stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a... I, I just can't like... I can't I have a I have a way of like logically going through it I just really believe in like perception and perception is so subjective do you know what I mean yeah and that's like what causes things like that I mean I also believe in perception but I also think that like I mean everyone believes in perception <laughs> that sounded like I was like this I just believe that it's very like flexible almost I think it's flexible as well however I do think that there's like dark magic and like, I, I wouldn't go to, like, a psychic and be like, yes, this bitch knows what's going on. <laughs> like, um, I I think that a lot of it is, like, psychology sort of a thing. You know, like, when you say something, like, kind of vague and then you pick up on there, like, oh, yeah, I had an uncle. And they're like, oh, I hear your uncle. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, kind of, like, tricky, tricky. But I do think that there's, like, dark magic and, like, dark, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it because I don't, I'm not very passionate about it. I don't think very much time, I don't spend <laughs> okay. very much time thinking about it, but I do think that there's like, so do you not believe in like the spiritual realm? Like, do you think people just like, what happened to people? Do you believe in like spirits? Like the fact that like you have a spirit? I don't know. Like, I guess like not, 
to be honest like interesting so do you think that like like after your body so do you think you're like your body or like i don't believe that there is <laughs> i don't know how to describe it it's like i and it's also it's i'm not totally saying that i don't believe it i'm saying like i literally like can't i guess i don't believe it i don't have uh i, I mean, don't it's okay to i don't not have believe it. The faith i'm just wondering it, even though i really want to i my brain just is like i don't think so so you think because like i am of the mindset that we are souls that are in bodies and so once your body dies i don't think you die as a being i think you continue to live on as a soul and so to me soul and spirit are interchangeable in that sense and i guess i'm just wondering so you believe that you are your body Yes, in a way, but I believe that like your brain has like, like, uh, I believe your spirit lives on through like the memories you implant on the people around you. And then those transfer onto other people. Do you know what I mean? Which I guess is physical. It's like a physical thing. So it is a body thing. Yeah. To me, I don't believe, I don't imagine, like I can't. I'm not, it's not that I like, I'm like, that's stupid. It's just like, I literally like, oh, I don't think you're calling it stupid. I like, I'm just... can't imagine that there's something that comes out and is like hovering. Like I can't, I don't. So you think when like people pass away, that's it? Yeah. Interesting. Which is not scary to me. I don't know. I just, I'm not saying that you're just like dead, 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 but it's like, how are we ever to know that? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's where like, like faith comes in mm-hmm. or like, I guess, I, I don't know, hope sounds like it's anticipatory, but like hope or like just like believing in things. Yeah. I don't know. That's really- so interesting because I'm just, I think it's fascinating because I feel like it's very, it feels very romantic to me to imagine that it's like, oh, I don't understand it. But like, I personally think that people live on past again, that it's like we're souls in bodies versus being the physical entity of being a body. And I don't know. I just, I, I'm surprised. Here's a weird thing though. I believe in God. But why? What's the point of God if they're, if we're just these like meats that are walking around? Because it's like, and, I, it's honestly because like the brain is so complex i'm like there has to be there's like such intricacies to nature that i'm like there like has to be some sort of thing that made all of this because i also like can't comprehend how space doesn't end and but also how it expands so i'm like but, aka god so do you believe in space though even if you can't comprehend it yeah that's why i believe in god i feel like it's similar <laughs> huh i don't know how like it's not i it's it's just my no you don't need to defend it i'm just i'm just trying to understand yeah interesting okay well ghosts okay so ghosts so infrasound these low vibrations right Mm -hmm. that's another example so for instance oh wait sorry question do you know what those things are actually picking up the frequency things um like are the two the sound and then the so it's either magnetic it's either yeah the electromagnetic fields or the uh okay got it cool i think i want to say so i don't want to say with definitiveness because i'm sure there's like real ghost hunters that might be listening to this uh bummer day if for you, you are guys. like i'm so sorry about this topic <laughs> honestly anyways, i would be surprised if they listened to this far <laughs> that's true anyways okay in 1998 a paper was released where an engineer describes working for a medical equipment manufacturer whose labs included a reportedly haunted room. Mm, We don't like that. Whenever this engineer worked in this lab, he felt depressed and uncomfortable, often hearing and seeing odd things, including an apparition that definitely looked like a ghost. Eventually, he discovered that the room was home to a 19 hertz standing wave coming from a fan, which was sending out inaudible vibrations that caused disorienting effects. Hmm. Further studies also show links between infrared, infrasound, and bizarre sensations like getting chills down the back of your spine or feeling uneasy. Oh, fascinating. Another one, our old friend, mold. 
Mm, we hate mold here. So um, a engineering professor at Clarkson University, Shane Rogers, spent the last few months, not last few, he spent a <laughs> few months, I don't know when he did it, um, uh, reporting on haunted locations and looking for not so paranormal activity. What he was looking for was mold. I feel like, sorry, I just, if I can interject. Yeah. Even if I was so sure that this stuff didn't exist, I don't know that I would go chasing after it to go piss it off just in case it did. (laughs) That just feels like it's asking for like an issue. But I guess if you're like, if you're like more intense of a version of me, it's like obviously it won't i'm too paranoid the one no, percent chance paranoid. that it could happen like i'm not gonna risk it i still can't look at myself in the mirror in a dark room because i'm like i'll definitely see a ghost i thought you don't believe in them though <laughs> yeah but my brain is like what if like what if that's maybe i don't want to even if maybe. i don't believe in one i don't want to see one because that's too yeah. scary oh that's fair because when i was growing up we had a really long hallway in our house yeah. at the end of the hallway my parents tortured me and put a giant mirror so when everyone <sighs> walk out of my room and look to the right you would see a mirror and it was like yourself but it was so fucking scary uh, and so now I'm just like traumatized. And also the Bloody Mary thing. Don't stop. I need to sleep I can't. tonight. Okay. I, Anyways, so mold symptoms can sound ghosty, like ghosty, <laughs> ghostly, like irrational fear and dementia. Um, this professor says, if there's some kind of link here we where we might be able to explain why people are having these feelings, uh, it's... That's an incomplete sentence. (laughs) That's the end end of the sentence. So he's just saying, this is stupid. I don't know why I wrote down all this. He's basically saying, in a lot of haunted places, there's mold. And mold does give you disorienting effects. Another is carbon monoxide poisoning, which I can maybe attest to because I maybe had it and I felt weird. Um, What does that feel like? I just got really lightheaded. But also, apparently, we didn't have a carbon monoxide leak, but I was convinced we did. But I also might have been... Imagine. <laughs> you were imagining it because you were poisoned by carbon monoxide yeah well so the theory for this which is interesting is um when people move into old houses and say that they feel weird phenomena um it may be because of a faulty furnace in the house that was releasing carbon monoxide into the air mm-hmm. um which causes oral and visual hallucinations hmm. okay okay another reason why not someone's else said it was real yeah point a um so in a 2014 study goldsmiths university of london psychologists had participants watch a video of a psychic supposedly bending a metal key with his mind in one condition study subject watched the video with a participant who was actually working with the researchers and professed to seeing the key bending those subjects were more likely to report that they saw the key bend than the subjects who were paired with someone who asserted that the key didn't bend or said nothing. Quote, one person's account can influence another person's memory. Yes, I believe that. Um, and then there is the sleep paralysis, which I think is really interesting. And I do feel like I've experienced that. It's horrifying. Which is the worst feeling. Horrifying. Did you have a reason for why that happens? I feel like I learned, but I don't remember what it is. Um. Yes. Sorry. No, I've like good. lost my place. Um. So how it happens, this is like the really dumbed down version, is when the brain messes up the process of falling asleep and waking so it's like your brain Mm. can't you're awake but your brain still thinks that you're dreaming you're in like REM cycle so usually yeah you start dreaming in your REM uh and that's you have rapid eye movements and your eyes dart around the closed lids even though your eyes move your body stays still because it actually it's really interesting apparently it's like a evolutionary thing because you're you would get into trouble if your body started moving around when you're like not conscious you know what i mean interesting so um 
your body is quote paralyzed during this. So if your brain is confused that you're awake, but it's still in that cycle, you'll feel paralyzed, but be half dreaming and awake. So your dreams will be projected onto what you're seeing in your room, which is why that's like the huge theory for why ghosts aren't real <laughs> is that people, cause it's usually like people see them while they're in their room, right? Yeah. It's because of sleep paralysis. Well, and I guess, why do people not see ghosts during the day? Do Or do they? I don't know. I don't know. I certainly haven't. <laughs> That's true, though. I've never thought about that. I feel like all the ghost stories are at night. Um, I don't know. that. I've had sleep paralysis. I used to get it a lot when I was a little kid. I was like a very disturbed child. <laughs> I was always having like really like messed up things happening while I was asleep. I used to get sleep paralysis a lot and like see people in my room, but I like knew it wasn't real. And then I also used to wake up in the middle of the night and sleepwalk up to my mom's room and cry at the end of her bed. Oh, you told me that. Which oh I my think gosh. is so scary. I never sleepwalked, but I do have some wild dreams. Um, Another reason is hallucinations. <laughs> Okay. Which um, is not what you, th like, not exactly what you think. What this person describes is like, you know, that feeling when you're, you feel like your phone has buzzed, but it hasn't. Yes. It's like that. Like, you feel like you feel a presence in the room, but you don't. It's like a, when you're experiencing a hallucination, your first instinct is to believe it because you don't hallucinate often, mm -hmm. if at all. Right. Okay. So, so if you see or feel the presence of a loved one who died, you trust your perceptions and say it has to be a ghost. But the brain has a tough job. Information from the world bombards you as you mixed up a jumble of signals. The eyes take in the color, the ears take in the sounds, the skin senses pressure. The brain works to make sense of all of these things and put it into one cohesive idea, right? And this is called bottom-up processing, and the brain is super good at it. But sometimes it's so good that it makes finds meaning in meaningless things. Mm. So um, it's also known as pareidolia, pareidolia. And you experience it whenever you stare at clouds and see shapes in them. Well, you see, just sorry. using your imagination? Um, no, but have you ever, I actually experience this like a lot. And I wonder if it's because I'm a visual person. When I like look at anything that is like a little abstract, but like even like wood, I mm -hmm. always see faces in it. I don't see face. I see animals a lot. Sometimes I see faces, but most of the time it's animals, I feel for me. But like I see it in like a lot of different yeah. objects. Um, is that not normal? What? Is that not normal? No, it is normal. But I feel like I experience it, maybe everyone experiences that a lot, but I feel like I experience it like several times a day. Same. Where I'm like, that looks like a face. But so, wait, so you're saying that's hallucinating? Yeah, no sense. But isn't that just using your imagination? I'm confused. Um, I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, right? This article says that's what it is. Interesting. Well, I guess I'm wondering, like, is hallucinating and using an imagination the same, like, is having creativity just, like, hallucinating all the time? I guess, what is the actual definition of hallucinating? Experience a seemingly real perception of something not actually present, typically the result of mental disorder or taking drugs. So I guess, in a way, it is, like, if you see a face in the clouds, you're, like, hallucinating that. Because, hmm. okay, I think what it is... I, I got it. I got it. It's like, I'm not trying to imagine a face in the clouds. I just see one. Okay. When you put it that way, that description of the phenomena does make more sense that that would be classified as hallucinating, right? Yeah. So it feels show like more involuntary to me. So here's one that this is makes more sense to me. I feel like the clouds thing is a little bit of a red herring. It doesn't make sense. So in a 2008 study, this team tested... Sorry. <laughs> this team tested out whether people that experience visual... Visual... 
oh my god am i okay <laughs> i don't know are you hallucinating like, are the ghosts like coming for me and being like you can't say yeah. this um <laughs> They tested out people that experience hallucinations to see if they're more likely to believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they recruited 82 volunteers. First, the research asked them a series of questions about how these volunteers had hallucination-like experiences. For example, do you often see things other people cannot? And do you ever think that everyday things look abnormal to you? Next, the participant... L- Their participants looked at 60 images of black and white noise, like grain. For a a brief moment, another image would flash in the center of the noise. 12 of these images were faces that were easy to see. Another 24 were hard to see faces, and 24 images showed no faces at all, just more noise. The volunteers had a report whether a face was present or absent in each flash. Hmm. In a separate test, the research showed the same volunteers a series of 36 images. One-third of them contained a face the other 12 did not participants who reported more hallucination-like experiences were more likely to report faces in the flashes of random noise they were also better at identifying those images that contained a face so they also study situations in which people might be more likely to see faces in randomness when people see ghosts this researcher says they're often alone in the dark and scared. If it's the dark, your brain can't get get much visual information from the world, and so it creates a reality for you. So that's why they think maybe your brain is imposing its own creations onto the reality. Okay. I I, I can get on board with that explanation. Um so those are just some ex- scientific explorations into why ghosts aren't real. But then Oh, there's Sydney. more. Okay. Well, what time are we at? We're at 38. Actually, I'll stop. I'll do this as a separate topic. Are you sure? Yeah, it's like too long. Oh, it's like a lot? Yeah. Okay. So that's why ghosts aren't real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I think it's interesting, though. Like, I think... I don't know. To me, though, I feel like we've talked about this before. It's like, if ghosts are real to you, then they're real to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I am a heavy believer in spirits. I don't know what the technical definition between spirits and ghosts are, Mm -hmm. but the ghosts freak me out, so hopefully they're not real. I hope not. I, yeah, I feel like I've always really wanted, I feel like my lack of faith in like the spiritual realm like really wants me to make me spiritual and like want to see ghosts. And that's why, mm. like, sometimes I get scared. Do you I know don't what I even mean? like talking about it, TBH. Okay, we can stop talking about it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, well, hard left. Okay. We're talking about the mystery of Harriet Cole. Do you know who that is? No. Is she a ghost? May I mean I maybe. Okay. So basically, we're gonna we're gonna go to Drexel.edu. Okay. <laughs> to start. Um, and Harriet Cole was a maid employed at what's now known as Drexel's College of Medicine back in the late 19th century. Um, and at that point, it actually was called Hahnemann Medical College, but that became Drexel's Medical College later. And Dr. Rufus B. Weaver was the professor of anatomy there at the time. And part of Harriet's job was to clean up the room where Weaver dissected cadavers with medical students. Now, according to Joanne Murray, historian and director of the College of Medicine Legacy Center, the story goes that Harriet suffered from tuberculosis and she died around 35 in which she willed her body to Dr. Weaver, the anatomy guy, anatomy professor, and requested that it be used to benefit science. So basically that this lady, Harriet Cole, donated her body to science. Dr. Weaver then did a first in the medical industry, which was a, this sounds maddening, a complete dissection and mounting of Harriet's entire nervous system. Oh. It took him five months to do it. This was in 1887. How do you do that? I have no clue, but he somehow just took out, like, if you think of nerves, they're fibers, like they're so small and we have so many in our body and he dissected all of them and then put it back together and pinned it up on like a little what a freak right <laughs> <laughs> right it feels very like serial killery 
even if it's for science i'm just like no that guy's definitely a serial killer or like he is one but hasn't killed do you know what i mean mm-hmm. body world used to freak me the fuck out body world freaks me out but also i'm like it's like one of those things where it's like you can't look away but i'm also just like please because those are so real creepy. bodies aren't they i yeah. hate that yeah Ooh. But so Weaver's intent was to employ Harriet as a teaching guide, uh, but he entered his project at the World's Columbian Exhibition in 1893 in Chicago, and it won like a ton of awards. So it garnered national attention and it's now this like, wow, thing. Um, But so that's like the basis of Harriet Cole. We're going to get into some more, but it's just... I feel like it's like so mysterious and I just like don't really like it and I kind of don't really buy it. So Harriet Cole was a black woman and like this happened in 1887. Slavery was abolished in 1865. However, like obviously racial tensions didn't just disappear in 1865 and medicine in the West also hasn't wasn't known at the time to exactly be ethical for sure. And I just feel like if this guy's like crazy enough that he's gonna like, like he's so passionate about medicine that he's gonna like literally dissect this oh, so out of this right person. That he was a serial killer. No, there's oh. no proof. That's, we're kind of just like, not yeah. that it's conspiracy, but it's kind of just like this big question mark of like, for sure. who was this woman? Where did this guy get this body? Like, I don't know. Uh, so we're gonna dive into that in a second. But yeah, I just feel like it's like if this guy was so determined that he like, did this medical first he just so happened to submit it into some competition win a bunch of awards like i feel like you have too much time on your hands and you're like too determined yeah and like two in the weeds like i wouldn't doubt that you do some maybe that maybe allegedly maybe and i'm alleging that you did some like unethical things to get this body yeah but okay let's let's jump into that So according to Atlas Obscura, and again, that like what I just read, that like cute little like Harriet, like donate her body, cute, 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 was from Drexel.edu, which is who is in possession of Harriet Cole. Sure. But according to Atlas Obscura, so we're talking to Elena McNaughton and Matt Herbison, Herbison, Mm -hmm. who are public historians, archivists, and educators and they both worked at drexel's legacy center where they would hold and interpret the institution's archives and those that the school what has absorbed which include harriet cole so technically they're part of the team that are the caretakers of harriet cole and they don't actually have documentation or anything that she donated her body so herbison said quote so she donated her body herbison said quote well he paused for five seconds we don't know um what what it was unclear when i was reading through this whether or not it was like common practice at that point like if maybe they had documentation of the other bodies from like 1887 or if it was just like oh lost like i don't know but the fact i feel like that it's like he's just kind of like oh yeah i don't know is interesting so who is harriet cole A woman's name first started to appear in printed references in 1902 in something called The North American. An unidentified reporter noted that the raw materials had come from the body of a woman named Harrietta. The reporter described her as, quote, about 35 years old, of good form, and with healthy development of adipose tissue. The name Harriet Cole first appears in Van Bond's 1915 remarks, where she's described as, quote, a poor, ignorant Negro woman, age 36 years, with no superfluous, superfluous, yeah, superfluous flesh or fat. The writer calls her anatomically perfect. Ew. Dissection happened when the scientific study of... Oh, wait. Let me pause there. So that was like what like journals were writing, which I feel like is just like anatomically... Like, it's a bunch of nerves. Like, I'm confused. Um, But the dissection, again, occurred around 1887, um, happened when the scientific study of race and racial hierarchy in particular was like booming Mm -hmm. people were really interested in studying that so i just think it is very interesting that it's like this thing that was put up on display was from like a like a black woman 
Yeah. Uh, this is a direct quote. So I like directly quote the Atlas Obscura quite a few times just because they say it in a way that it's like not really worth it for me to like try and paraphrase. Yeah. So here's a quote from that article. It says, over time, the story began to be that Weaver hoisted his subject to greatness. In his notes, Van Bon wrote that the woman called Harriet Cole, quote, had greatness and world renown forced upon her after death by yielding up her entire cerebrospinal nervous system under the deft touch of the world's greatest anatomist. The implication is that Weaver took a nobody and made her important, even immortal. That was the same article that called her a poor, ignorant Negro woman. So it's like a pretty upsetting contrast. Yeah. Granted, that article came in 1915, not to like say like, oh, those remarks are okay, but nobody in this century or like it has is who wrote that um but anyway so there's depictions that there basically were just a lot of depictions that romanticize harriet cole as like this outsider who's passionate about science and maybe this was a way for her to participate in science by giving her body so in 1916 it's 1960 sorry life magazine wrote quote how a scrub woman who had been ignored by everyone in the laboratory stared in fascination at cadavers and eavesdropped on lectures. She osmosed the chatter. The author continued, Harriet supposedly, quote, took to heart Weaver's complaints about a shortage of corpses and willed her body to him. There's no indication of how the writer who wrote that like 1960 Life magazine article would have gleaned this information because uh, yeah. this happened in like 1887, 1960. It's like, pure conjecture. Like what? So this supposedly intimate understanding of a long dead woman's perceptions, thoughts, feelings and behaviors. It seems that, quote, no one went back to fact check the basic story is what Herbison said. Again, Herbison is one of the like archivists that work or I think he used to work at Drexel. Um, so whoever said it first, that's the thing that you use. Details carry over from one story to another, like sprawling arithmetic. Mm -hmm. Then there's a whole thing that medical schools, which I feel like has been alluded to, needed cadavers and were actually hunting for them. So there was a yeah. huge shortage of cadavers at that point in history. So Carnegie Mellon University historian David Humphrey. Also, how interesting it is that there's like historians that work for all these universities. That's sick. I mean, that's where they, that's where historians are based out of though, right? I mean, I guess, sorry, historians, but like the people that work at like the university legacy center and you're like archiving like the yeah university stuff. It's just so interesting to me. Like, are those just like people who were like local librarians and they work their way up? How do you get there? Or it's people that are like very passionate about the institution, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's a good we point. had a historian at SFAI who was the librarian, and he was like so into it. Interesting. Shout out to Jeff. Jeff. Uh, but so David Humphrey, Carnegie Mellon University historian, in a 1973 edition of the Bulletin of the New York Academy of Medicine, said, "Quote: The safest way was to steal the dead of groups who could offer little resistance and whose distress did not arouse the rest oh, of the community." I hate that. Gross. A lot of the bodies being worked on were people at the bottom of the social ladder. So like, quote, blacks and blacks and white paupers provided attractive targets. Zimmerman, the medical historian, points out that the same demographics, including Irish immigrants, were also disproportionately likely to contract and die from communicable diseases such as tuberculosis, which thrived in uncomfortably close quarters. Mm. So if a flesh and blood black woman named Harriet Cole consented to her own dissection more than 130 years ago, she probably like that's like so that's like kind of unheard of. Like it doesn't really make sense why she would have done that. Yeah. Um, and so the 18th and 19th century, the public was not happy about body snatching. Yeah. Rightfully so cool i feel like okay so quote between 1785 and 1855 there were at least 17 anatomy riots in the united states and numerous minor incidents affecting nearly every institution of medical learning writes historian michael sepal in a traffic in dead bodies anatomy and embodied identity in 19th century america outraged over stolen corpses citizens quote reclaimed their dead mobbed body snatchers and anatomists and autonomous autonomous anatomist and that i don't know and stormed medical colleges so no evidence that suggests that the bodies weaver dissected had been taken outside of law but the narrative of this whole situation like 
uh, come on and like i can't help think about the exploitation of like black bodies while yeah. we're thinking about harriet cole yeah um excuse me so i actually thought this article was really like well written i highly implore everybody to go check it out atlas obscura just search harriet cole and it'll come up um and because i think it did a really good job talking and interviewing those two people who worked at drexel at one point i think one of them still does and the other left previously and just what they're doing to kind of try and like get to the bottom of this and create a conversation around it mm-hmm because it's like theoretically this lady let's say like worst case scenario this lady like did not give this man her body he stole it and then now i feel like it's like that feels intimate to me to have yeah. like a dead person's nerves like just like on display for people so they still have it yeah do you have a picture of it uh you can just look up harriet cole nervous system and it'll come up it's like very easy to find but so here's some closure. That's so, I hate that. And I knew I, this podcast I really like called Criminal. Mm-hmm. They have an episode about a Harvard body snatcher who like went and dug up bodies to give to the Harvard Medical School. Not yeah, so it's like a big yikes. I feel yeah. like it's like, I don't know. So here's some closure um, real quickly. So this is a huge quote from that same article. In 2018, McNaughton found census records indicating that a black woman named Harriet Cole lived in Philadelphia in 1870. Philadelphia is where Drexel is and worked as a domestic. She was listed as 25 years of age and unable to read or write. Plunging into the city archives, Zimmerman rustled up old patient intake and discharge records that revealed that a woman named Harriet Cole had been hospitalized several times over the course of two years, including at least once for tuberculosis. Those reports, those records report that she was unmarried, childless, and born in Pennsylvania, though Zimmerman points out that there's no way to confirm the historical accuracy of those annotations. A black woman who died in her 30s in 1888 would have been born into a country where slavery was very much still widely practiced, and because the once-living Harriet Cole remains elusive, researchers haven't determined whether she or her family were enslaved, a fact that could cast doubt on some of those notes. She might not have known her exact birthplace if she was born a slave, Zimmerman said. Naughton also consulted a death certificate from the Blockley Alms House, later rechristened as Philadelphia General Hospital, which revealed that a black woman named Harriet Cole died from, I'm not going to try and say this, says, or pulmonary tuberculosis on March 12th, 1888 at the age of 36 and was buried at Hahnemann Medical College a week later. Another institution's name was written and then scribbled out in the field reading name of deceased, correcting what Zimmerman calls a 19th century typo. The fact that the hospital was listed as the place of burial suggests that the body was handed over for a dissection, adhering to the protocol of the day, Herbison says. The school was, quote, the final resting place as far as the law is concerned. But there were enough inconsistencies that the researchers weren't totally satisfied with all of that, like, quote unquote, evidence. Yeah. Um, the ages don't add up. The Harriet Cole in the 1870 census would have been 43 in 1888. But one or both could be wrong. There could be another woman named Harriet Cole, or maybe she didn't know her precise age. These documents established that a black woman named Harriet Cole lived and died in Philadelphia toward the end of the 19th century, but they don't show that she worked for Weaver or that she promised her body to him or that the nerves on display are in fact hers. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like, I'm sorry to end this. It's like, I, I find it like kind of upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting. And I just looked up a picture of it and it's so, I hate that. Yeah. And like, do you see the picture of the guy like pointing the. Yeah. Well, because he learned it as a teach. He used it as a teaching tool was his like whole situation. And I don't know. I think it like brings up a really. I think it brings up a lot that I don't feel totally equipped to talk about. Again, we alluded to just this idea of not idea, the concept of like black bodies being exploited. Yeah. Um, both then and like something that is a, a continuing problem. I think that it also brings up like, where is that line of like, we need to do it for science and like learning. And it's like, I, 
I'd be curious and I didn't look into this, but like how much did we actually, how much new information did we actually glean from this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like were there discoveries made? Were there, I feel like everything I found just seemed like it was like impressive that he did this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that we like, it seemed like maybe it was like a nice to have to be able to be like, look, we can point to this now versus being like oh now we know how this works and we were able to cure whatever disease or yeah it's like more of a uh a luxury yeah like a trophy yes that's like elephant man Uh, have you seen that movie yeah i've seen it like twice and each time i was like yeah i mean that but that's like (sighs) what like it seems like they're presenting that as like people just wanted to find like crazy medical shit to make themselves look important yeah so sick this was definitely yeah i don't know when i started looking it up i thought it'd be a lot more of like a how did you even find this Mm, i i don't really remember to be honest i think i was just looking at like science like medical like medical feats sort of a thing Mm. and this is something i didn't write it down so please don't quote me on this but that like has tried to be replicated a few times and i don't know if they were successful but a handful of times i think they might have been successful but they were like so incredibly tedious and it says it took like hundreds of hours of work to do it and the and that was like somewhat modern yeah and so the fact that this happened like in like 1887 is like quote unquote impressive yeah so i was kind of just like oh like where did he get the, like where did he get this body who is this person oh, i also think sad. it's interesting that they didn't like i mean i guess hipaa didn't exist then but that they were just like her name's harriet cole yeah, it's, it's like, like why would what? they when they try to like hide that yeah yeah which seems fishy to me like you know maybe when you know when you like people lie and they give like overly specific details you're and you're like, like this doesn't you, make sense like, like what's going on i don't know whatever yeah. oh well <laughs> on that note, have you been to body shit. roll yeah yes does it smell i can't remember to be honest i remember it being in town yeah and then i like black out but it feels so vivid that i feel like i have been there but i can't remember because it's in vegas it is I, yeah there's a permanent museum in vegas if i'm not mistaken i thought it was like a and then it was traveling okay is it supposed well. to be like scientific or is it supposed to be like a ripley's believe it or not no i think it's scientific okay because all of the bodies are bodies that have been donated to science so i think it has to be scientific <laughs> <laughs> otherwise they're just parading like corpses around that's so, i don't want to see that could you imagine i would not i mean i guess maybe some of your anti-ghost people could do this but like having to be part of the crew that like sets it up and like travels around the country with it and you're just like driving around in your truck and there's like a I'm bunch like of like fucking <laughs> throw up i would think that their like souls are gonna come back to haunt me I feel like that so we when we had Mac on the episode I feel like both of us were like yeah like donate our bodies to science I'm or definitely whatever. not going to do that and like or maybe we were talking about being an organ donor yeah I'm an organ donor I'm an organ donor okay maybe that's what I was talking about but after reading this I was like I don't know that I would donate my body to science because I don't want them to like do any weird shit like that yeah no I definitely I mean I de- definitely um donate my or i would definitely donate organs but i don't want like some medical student cutting me Poking up me around yeah same at that honestly by the time i die like it will be sufficient to just like put on an oculus quest and learn in vr yeah wait body world is fucked up they like pose them like ballerinas that's so upsetting i think the whole thing though is so that you can like see what the situation is well, apparently there's a lot of drama around it that you have to prove that the bodies, that the cadavers had consented. That's like really morbid. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Because it, I am of the mindset though that it's like, it's, excuse me it's like somewhat educational i guess that it's like people being exposed to things and like understanding but then also i feel like there has to be a way to do it that isn't like 
parading people's meat. This is so disturbing. I hate this. I'm looking at Body World. There's like they're like riding horses. Yeah, they like what pose the them. fuck? <laughs> That's so fucked up. That is not for science. I'm sorry. That is like there's a reason why we're not supposed to see humans like that. I'm also just gonna say I know we spend a lot of time every time we talk about imagery. Like, go check out our image guide. We will not be posting body work I'm photos not, on the image guide this week. I sorry. wish I could. Look it up yourself. Ew. Okay, so what's most upsetting about it, I have to say, is like on some of them, they purposely leave some of the facial features on so you can like identify them. I feel like it has to be fake. Like they just like re... There's no way. Do It has like eyebrows. Well, I think they probably add back fake their paper. What, but why? Like at that point... I don't know. Ew. So you can see where it goes. I don't know. I'm vegan now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so disturbing. Um, yeah. So, well, mm. you know, if you feel inclined, donate your body to science, but make sure if you're spirit back to haunt the earth that you understand where your body came from. And if your family gave it away without your consent, you should definitely haunt them. I'm speaking to the spirits. But also, like, I feel like if I'm a spirit, like, make sure you go haunt people that hallucinate so that people can keep <laughs> thinking that ghosts don't exist and they'll get gaslit and they'll be like, no, there's a ghost haunting me. And they'll be like, dude, it's electromagnetic fields and you're hallucinating. <laughs> and then they're going to go mad because you're like, no, I'm haunting you, bitch. You're like, that seems like extremely real. But it's like, no, I don't believe that. I'm scared to go home and be in the dark now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess you have yourself to blame for that. <laughs> Why? Because you chose the topic. That's true. Well, it's okay. They're, they're not real. So, well, I'm about to find out. <laughs> um, okay. well, on that note, that's it. Do other podcasts, I guess, let us know. I was going to say in the comments or whatever, but just like, I guess DM us. Do, do other podcasts have a real sign off? Because I feel like every week we're just like, that's it. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, the one the uh, some podcasts I like have it, but other ones they're just like, that's it. And I just said exactly what you said. Sorry, my brain is going. Okay, that's the sign. Maybe there's a ghost haunting it. Image guide on Instagram. Shut up, keep going, all married. Thanks for listening. New episodes every Friday. Leave a review. Give us five stars. Otherwise, we'll send ghosts to haunt you. So we have that power. Okay, bye bye. Bye.